Hi, I'm Neil Manthorpe, one half of South Africa on 99.94, uh, the show with my co-host Lungani Zama. We're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission. We cover every part of uh, the South African game right here on 99.94, and you can hear us several times a week when uh, we drop into your podcasts or on YouTube. And it's a very exciting day for us in uh, Southern Africa because... A couple of minutes ago, uh, Namibia opened the tournament with a commanding victory by 55 runs against Sri Lanka. And uh, one of us, I'm delighted to say, um, is an expert on Namibian cricket. Um, uh, Having recently um, gone up um, uh, north of our our borders uh, to to cover the game in the country, and it wasn't me. Um, Zams... I've got so many questions about about Namibian cricket, about your trip. In fact, I think we recorded our first episode while you were in Vintook. Um, but but what a game! What what an extraordinary result! They didn't just squeak past them; they beat them by fifty five runs. They're the Asia Cup champions. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, the fascinating thing is that Namibia actually, for the first half of their innings, didn't look like they were going to get anywhere fast um they were about 95 for six with i think it was about eight overs to go and uh jan freilink was at the wicket and uh they lost david visa first ball who's their trump card who's he's the guy who's supposed to finish with his experience so it didn't look good um but i suppose the one thing i did learn about the eagles as they call themselves is there's an incredible amount of ambition going through namibian cricket because, you know, young men and women across the country have realized what the game can give them. And now that they've got a taste of it from not just playing associates qualifier tournaments, they started playing main event ICC tournaments uh, around the world. You get to travel, you stay in the same hotels as some of the best players in the world, you rub shoulders with them. Occasionally you get on the field with them. And on the back of your performances, you start getting these contracts around the world which, you know, well and truly can change change your life coming from a small corner of the world like Namibia. So whoever was at the wicket, Freilink and Smith, you, you could see just just the way that they played. There was a clarity of thought. They'd looked at this at this game. I can say it now because the game is done, but they'd looked at it and said, we see Sri Lanka as a possible chance to win and get ahead in the group. They said this, this would have been two months ago almost. They looked at this game as an opportunity. Netherlands game was a big one because they feel they pretty much equal strength. But this game was the one that was going to elevate them and make sure they qualify for the tournament proper. And, and, and they've gone and done it. And they've done it comfortably, which is remarkable. So last time I was in Namibia, the game was very strictly amateur. And I can't remember the numbers exactly, and you'll be able to correct me. But I, I reckon there were there were eight or nine clubs in the league, of which six were in the capital, Vintuk. Um, there were a couple in... Um, in Wolfers Bay, I think, and you know there were there were only three grounds that had turf pitches. Basically, the Namibian team uh, five or six years ago was selected from around a hundred active cricketers. Has that changed? Yeah, I would I would say that it's probably lessened, but it's been better quality now because you kind of have to live in Vintuk to be a national player, so that you can go to the camps. Um, They've got a fair sprinkling of South African influence, um, but not in a in a malicious way. It's it's South Africans who maybe have come to the end of their road in terms of the options that they have of playing international cricket, or occasionally some some guys who straight away 
look at it and say, I think I might have a chance of playing international cricket, but it won't be in South Africa because I'm maybe 10th in line in terms of my skill set. But in Namibia, I know that there's there's a path to tournaments. And, you know, there's a few guys in there that have very quickly gone gone through the system and, and added value. It's not as if they're stealing places of people who are just as talented. They're adding value. Um, the recruitment policy has steered heavily via Centurion Park, whether it's Pierre de Bruyne as coach, the Morkel brothers as 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 consultants and specialists. Um, the Titans go there every year for a preseason tournament. So there's a real mutualism um, between Northern's cricket or Titans cricket and Namibian cricket. Um, and you can see the, the benefits of that because they might not have a lot to choose from, but the, 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 the players that they choose from for Namibia are strong, hardened cricketers who, who hit the ball hard, who, who field well. I think what was most impressive about their win over Sri Lanka today was just how well they held their catches, they, they held their nerve, and, and, and in the field when they had half chances, they turned them into, into dismissals. And that, that comes from standards. And I, I think we all know that the Titans have been the best franchise in South African cricket for pretty much since the franchise era, comfortably. They're the most successful. Uh, so the standards that Pierre de Bruyne, who was the longest-serving Titans player, has gone and taken those standards and transferred them to a a small nation that has big ambitions. Um, it's not a lot of money in the game. Um, so you rely on the support of the ICC and you rely on the support of your corporates. But more than anything, you rely on your players turning up and changing lives and adding more to the bank balance by going to tournaments and getting appearance money and getting tournament fees for the country. And that feeds back into the system. So it's a, it's a wonderful... It's a wonderful lesson in humility in terms of how they built the structure because there's not a lot of money in cricket in Namibia, and that's just the truth, but there's a lot of passion. I'm very interested in um, the coaching style of Pierre de Brain. Um, he, he was pretty unrelenting. Um, I mean, he had a stint in English cricket um, with Leicestershire, and I think the general consensus was that he was – he was too hard. Um, uh, you know, he he um, he wielded a, a, a big stick approach rather than um, an arm around the shoulders. And I wonder how that works because, look, we, you, you, you've got 100 players who, you know, and then actually it's probably less. They're picking this national squad from less than that. Um, and there aren't. They aren't superstars. Um, David Viso's got, obviously, international experience with South Africa, but it's about making these players the best that they can be. Um, so so I wonder whether he is pushing them because, you you know, there's only so far but these these guys can go. Oh, he's pushing. He's pushing. I mean, like I said, we spent a week. There were numerous training sessions. There were a few tough team talks. But I think, you know, his career is almost a metaphor for where Namibian cricket can go because he'll be the first to say that he wasn't the most talented player in the Northern's dressing room. I mean, he had A.B. de Villiers, he had Dale Steyn, he had pretty much every superstar that's come through South African cricket via the Titans. He played with them, you know, in this era. So he's he's seen more talented people and played with them and understood that his skill set relies heavily on the heart that he brings and how hard he works to make sure that he does the basics correctly. And I think there's a massive emphasis throughout Namibian cricket, especially in that team, when he's running a training session, he's not sort of standing at the back of the nets and taking notes. He 
he plays an active role. He he runs with players. He drills them. He pushes them. He, you know, he'll he'll do throwdowns and 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 talk into a game situation. It's it's intense. You know, you 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 sometimes forget when you've been away from the game and not really been that intimately involved with training sessions, just how intense a coach can be. So there's no there's no shortage of intensity when it comes to peer to brand training sessions, but those standards you can see on the field because there's a softer side to him as well where he'll take younger players and and remind them of 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 the skills that have got them to this point because they come from i mean you said uh, Valvis Bay and and Swakop like there's 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 players who come from really far flung areas and they've just been spotted and the 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 scouting um network has to be very very specific because if you don't see them they just disappear and you know go into whatever it is Namibians do if they don't play cricket. So you kind of have to find them early and then bring them to Vintup. And then once you've brought them there, there's it's a bit different to South Africa and 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 sort of the issues off the field that South Africa has. But there's also an integration process that has to happen because it's sort of country mouse and town mouse. Um they're shy, they're talented, but they're shy. And you've got to bring them in and there's not the same initiation process. You've got to kind of welcome them in. A few of them share a house. There's bris a lot of the time. It's very similar to South African culture, but it's 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 allowing people to get out of their shells because they then express themselves on the cricket field and that talent then comes through, which you spotted early. And it's a remarkable process that they've undergone with, you know, CEO Johan Muller, again, who comes from um, Northern's cricket, where they've just said, we've got a little... But you know we've got a lot of ambition and a lot of heart, and that is starting to bear fruit. And a lot of that team played under 19 cricket a few years ago together, so they've still got almost a decade of international cricket to look forward to together, which is very, very exciting. Okay, we're talking about uh, Namibian cricket following their opening victory by 55 runs. We'll take a short break and come back. We'll talk more about the Morkel brothers. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So um, I never thought that Albie Morkel would um, become quite such a successful coach. I never thought he would actually coach. I thought he would spend um, his post-playing career um, in the bush um, photographing wildlife. and Well, he does a lot of that anyway. But um, he's been with the team now for, I think, 18 months. Um, and um, and Mornay um, has been uh, uh, brought in as a fast-bowling consultant as well. Um, they... Well, I don't know. I mean, Mornay, Mornay's just joined the team, hasn't he, for for this tournament? But but Albie certainly has been very influential. Looking from the outside, hugely. I mean, when he finished and he said he was going there, um, maybe there were a few raised eyebrows because people thought he might take easy money and become a a finishing specialist at an IPL franchise or something like that. But the country of Namibia agrees with him, and 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 you know, it's it's close, so you can kind of still be situated in South Africa and, and and go for training sessions. And the one thing that having that superstar quality, you can have the hard work ethic that a peer de brain instills. But when you have 
an international superstar who dominated the very best in tournaments or in matches that you've grown up watching, whether you're South African or Namibian, because they watch a lot of South African cricket, that guy suddenly becomes your coach. I mean, I know he spent a lot of time, for example, with a JJ Smith and, and, and a Freilink who were clearing the ropes in the second half of that innings today against Sri Lanka. If that's the guy who's teaching you how to power hit, it just elevates your confidence and your 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 belief in, in, in match situations because Albi's just told you for the last six months that you can. And when it gets to this place and you're 30 of 20, it's okay because you're going to finish on 60 of 40 because you've done the hard yards and that's how I've done it and you've seen my tapes. You've actually got more talent than me at this at this point in my career. There's no reason why you can't. And you can see that. And there's no, you know, I, I watched today and I was waiting for that moment of sort of panic almost when they were sort of six down because you know that the tail comes pretty quickly after that. But there was a there was a a a a, a real sense of clarity of role even after Visa had gone. And that comes from time sitting with people who've done that, batting with the tail and still having the ability and the clarity of thought to do it under pressure. Um, moving on to racial diversification, um, which is we obviously have grown up with all our lives um, and the importance of it. Um, why, why do I feel so uncomfortable about the whiteness of uh, the Namibian team? And I'll tell you what, I did feel really uncomfortable at the last G20 World Cup last year because Piquet France, who's been a long-serving um player for Namibia. Uh, he he was the only non-white player in the in the team in the game last year, and he batted eight and bowled one over. Um, and I'm delighted to see that Ben Ben Sh- uh, Shikongo Shikongo is um, yeah. uh, he, he looks the real deal. Um, but why why are there so few black players? Because it's an expensive game. It's the same issues that you face in South Africa. It's it's an expensive game to get into, and a lot of black communities in Namibia are slowly getting into it. I mean, they're doing a lot of work in terms of outreach pro- uh, projects. Um, on one on one of the days that we went, because we we started in, in Vintook and then we, we went touring with a couple of the players, including Ben, um, and went to a, a, a junior festival in in Valvis, in, in Swakopmund, I think. But in, I know, in Valvis. Went to a, a, a junior tournament there where, where a lot of the actual current squad started years ago. And then on the way back, we we watched a few games sort of as we were made our way back to Vintuk. And there was a team that came from a black community, which is still sort of figuring out kits and sharing bats, as, as we've seen happen in South Africa over years, where communities are just starting to fall in love with the game. So there's a combination of facilities and equipment and logistical challenges, but the talent is there. I mean, we're standing on the side of the field and this left armor, 12-year-old, taller than anybody else, <laughs> and he just runs in as elegantly as a Kajiso Rabada, and then he just flings this thing. And everyone kind of looked, and even the players looked at each other and said, okay. And you could see it was that he'll, if we pick him early, he'll play for Namibia in the 2027 World Cup or something, because that's how they've picked a Ben out of nowhere. At a tournament like that where everybody's watching, saying, who needs help? Who can we get into almost the center of excellence in Vintuk? Give them the support they need. But it's in the rural areas, it's still a new sport. But seeing Ben Shikongo on international television taking two key wickets for Namibia at the beginning of the World Cup 
inspires goodness knows how many black kids in Namibia to say, geez, I actually know that guy I grew up in the village. We used to go fishing together. And and now he's he's playing on, on TV. It's mad, you know? And and he said, he used to watch players and just think, oh, th- that, that looks fun. So it takes a while and they are a fledgling nation. So I don't think it's, 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 it's anything but a matter of time before they get more and more diversity into their squad. It's natural. Um, but, you know, Ben is the life and soul of that team um, having come in because he's, he's just, you know, you could almost see him being part of a West Indian team. He's just natural. He loves his music. He loves to dance. Um, practical joker to everybody. So there's, there's definitely no awkwardness or, or anything like that in that team. It's a team that's really together, and you can see that in the field. Interesting, though, that you mentioned the centre of excellence. Just tell us a little bit more about about that. Um, and there's a, a national academy, I assume. I mean, one of the one of the fun things about covering associate nation cricket when they were still called associate nations, and they're not anymore. But one one of the the fun things about covering Namibian cricket was, um, you know, you'd sort of be able to preface the introduction to each player with, well, uh, the butcher from Swakopmund. And uh, the, the the cattle farmer from from Wolfers Bay. Um, the, so are they are they centrally contracted? Are they full time professional cricketers, or how many of them are? And are are some of them not? Yes, most of them are now, um, but it's 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 very modestly paid, um, very modestly paid, and you kind of have to supplement it by either going to play club cricket in the UK. Um, it's it's a labour of love. Um, some of them do double up in terms of jobs and, and try and do coaching. And um, it's hard to be a professional cricketer when, you know, it, it just barely pays rent and, and, and maybe a few drinks on the weekend with the boys around the braai. So it's, it's something that everybody has bought into and understands that they're going to have to, to do the hard yards now in order to one day have com- comfortable salaries for, you know, for somebody who calls themselves an international cricketer. It's definitely, I saw the numbers the other day for what England players are earning if they're playing all three formats. It's a million pounds. It's, it's a different world. Never mind what Indian players are earning. But you've got to start somewhere. And they've, they've, made, they've made this pact to, to really you know, build over the next five or so years and build a team and build a system. And the more tournaments that you qualify automatic for, the, the more money that comes into your union. They know that. The players are you know, fully in the open of, of what they need to do in order to earn better. They need to perform on the field, qualify directly into tournaments because that means you get more money as a member and that means you're going to get more money as an individual to have a house, have a car and, and be able to live fully as a cricketer. But they're willing to go on that journey because having a lot of fun, you know, more, more than anything else, it's, 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 it's fun to say, I've never been to Australia, but I'm looking forward to going to Australia because we're going to play one of our games at the MCG and we might get lucky and qualify to the, the main draw and we're going to play against South Africa. Or, you know, that when you start looking at things like that and not saying that I'm going to watch this game on TV, I'm actually going to play. It's, it's amazing. I've just remembered that um, the International League T20, the ILT20, um, in their 16 or 17 man squads, there are two places reserved for associate nation players. And um, so yeah, I was just thinking about how, how much hard work has to be 
done um, in order to actually get a gig. Um, but there, there are two spots guaranteed in each team. So um, that that's it's instant, potentially instant life-changing fame. Harry Tector has just got a, a contract, doesn't he, from Ireland? Well, that's that's the thing. That's the beauty of modern technology and, you know, this proliferation of all these T20 leagues around the world. Some of them have stipulations that are going to help grow the game. So if you, Jan Freilink, and you've just had a match-winning knock and then taken a couple of wickets and spoken as eloquently and as humbly as you did in the post-match conference, there's an owner sitting there somewhere saying, geez, that's, that's the kind of energy we need in our dressing room, even if he doesn't play much because we've got bigger hitters or we've got faster left armors. That's the kind of guy that we know is going to bring the right work ethic into our environment. And if our all-rounders fail, he'll do a job because he's, he's just gone and done it now and he made it look natural. And Albie Morkel says he's a good guy. Mornay Morkel says he's a good guy. So who are we not to give him an opportunity? Even at base price, if you get 10, 20, 50,000 US dollars, you convert that to Namibia, it's life-changing immediately. So... Um, you know, the players are, are not naive. They know that um, unselfishly, the, the better you perform for your team, the better you're setting yourself up for life-changing individual contracts yourself, um, which is, again, um, one of the great things about where the game is at the moment for for smaller nations that, that can't make millions just, just by virtue of where you are born. Uh, you kind of got to work at it a bit more, but once... Once you're in this shop window and people are looking at you and going, that's what we want, it's it's, it's a very exciting place to be. We're going to do a, a whole pod, a separate uh, podcast on uh, the future of Namibian cricket in relation to the future of, of all uh, associate nation cricket. Um, and I've only just found out that the next T20 World Cup in 2024, um, there won't be a preliminary round. Um, it, it's going to be 20 teams Um and uh, which is which is really fascinating. They're going to be regional qualifiers. Anyway, that's um, for for our next podcast. We'll take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk more specifically about this current Namibian team. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the ninety nine point nine four app, and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. All right, let's spend the last five minutes turning our attention back to the opening game against Sri Lanka and some of these players. Now, do you remember a couple of years ago, the Namibian under-19s, beat South Africa under-19s at the under-19 World Cup. And I remember being told that uh, six or seven of the Namibian team went to private schools in South Africa. And I think five of them, four or five, went to the same school. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but but a very, very strong connection with, with South Africa. Um, and But your experience now suggests that there are more... Uh, well, I don't know if they are homegrown. Do they, I mean, are they... If they, if they went to school in South Africa with all those fab, fabulous facilities that we've spoken about before, those, those elite private schools, is that, I mean, is there anything wrong with the Namibia using that breeding ground? Absolutely not. I know there's a couple of guys who've gone to university, um, certainly gone to Stellenbosch. The captain, um, Gerard Erasmus, um, spent some years at Marty's. Um, 
Ruben Trumpelman is is born and bred in Pretoria, went to school in Pretoria, played for Northerns a little bit, and then I think obviously the hotline from Pierre de Brain to back to Pretoria helps hugely. Um, but I think the game has certainly got to the point where it actually doesn't matter where you learn your cricket. If you're good enough uh, where you are and, and, and the people who want you to, to wear their national colours, if it makes sense to them, it doesn't really matter where you've learned your cricket. They, they need you. Um, Trumpelman is a bowls 140 Ks, um, brings intensity. That's what they need because they lacked a bit of firepower up front. Um, and if you go and, and, and polish yourself at what is still one of the world's leading cricketing nations in, in, in their nursery system, they've played for years in our CSA T20 challenge. Um, Namibia for a long time played in our first class structure where you'd play three day games against them and that's how they, you know, fast track their skills. So of course you should lean. And I think, um, and we'll talk about this further in, in, in other podcasts, but that's one of South Africa's key responsibilities in terms of growing the game. It's not just growing it in South Africa. It's when nations from across Africa need help or need expertise they come and use South Africa as as the place to learn, um, whether it's off the field administration and how to instill inf infrastructure or actually just hard skills and you spend a month at Northern's Academy or you spend it at Newlands where you learn hard cricket and you go back just a far better player and, you know, your training methods are better, your your habits are better, your, you, you know, you understand what it takes to compete at that level. So certainly the more players that come to South Africa, it's actually the better for Namibia because there's just not enough competition. There's two sides in Vintuk that play in the Premier League and pretty much the two of them win it every year. It's just a case of which one is winning, which one has more players at the time. So they're realistic to that, but they also understand that as much help as they can get, they invite as many players as possible. I mean, when we were leaving, um, Temba Bavuma and the Lions straight off his injury and the Lahore calendars were coming in for a T20 tournament against Namibia um, in preparation for this tournament. So by any means, they're getting as much help um, and, and hardening their players with tough experiences to make sure that when they play for Namibia, they, they're putting their best foot forward. Just finally, tell us about a couple of uh, the players. You've mentioned a, a few. Um, how about um, Jan Nickel Lofty-Eaton? He's only 21 years old. He, he looks to uh, be a pretty interesting cricketer. A any others that um, you found... Uh, interesting. There is, there is, there is a, a a a a proper ripple of excitement every time they mention this name, and I, I had to go and see him, uh, Divan Lecoq, who every single person that you you interview or just talk to anecdotally at a bar, they say that's the future. That guy is the A B de Villiers of Namibian cricket. So I went and watched the the, the the practice session just to watch it. Not not not. I mean, someone else was recording, but I was just watching it as a cricket fan. And he is as stylish. He, he he makes, you know, the hard shots look easy. So he can play. And obviously there's a lot of pressure on a young kid like that who's been told that you are the future. But the the, the few knocks that I've seen, he's definitely got all the shots in the book and, and he's got that swagger that great players have. So it's exciting to see what he does over the course of the tournament as he gets into it and maybe unleashes because he'll definitely be a headline act because of just how absolutely elegant he is. Um, and then there's your, you know, your gentle giant like a JJ Smith. He's brutal, as you saw today, clearing the ropes with ease. 
but he's you know he's 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 he is absolutely so very similar to Mornay Morkel actually when you think about it. You'd expect him to be this brute of a man, and he's gentle giant. And he was I think he was a Man United supporter because they just lost when we when we went and saw him in the nets. So he was even quieter than usual. Um, but then you see him hit a ball, and it's you know it's astonishing. We've spoken about when you hear certain golfers or certain cricketers hit the ball, it's just a different sound. And when you hear JJ Smith hit a ball in, in the nets, it just makes a different sound because you know there's just so much power that's sort of coiled up in that big body. So it's not a surprise when you see him clear the ropes when he's got a ball coming at that perfect pace where you can just you know hit it on the up. Um, so it's exciting. And, and Ben himself, who has been challenged to bowl faster because he used to be faster apparently, and then I don't know what's happened. They've called him lazy since he moved to the big city in Vintook. But he's he's got pace. And he can shape it away. He's good with the new ball. And, uh, you know, Pierre Debrain is very hard on him because he knows the potential that you've got. If you've got him on one side and Trumpelman on the other and they're both bowling sort of 140 and doing things with the ball, that's a tough new ball to, to, to get through, never mind getting to, you know, a, a, a collection of spinners who do a solid job like we saw today as well. So it's a good team. And, and you know, like, like most teams that are punching above their weight, the first thing is the work ethic and... You saw them on the field today. They caught absolutely everything. They dived around the place and they hustle in between overs. There's, there's just an energy of, of real enthusiasm to be there because you, you're on the ultimate stage. I mean, it doesn't get better. They, they, you know, they, they almost lost for words when, when they speak about just, just how exciting this current passage is. I think it's a little bit like South Africa coming back from readmission. Um, for those early players, being able to go to World Cups and people tune in at crazy hours at home and stop work and, and, and watch because, you know, you're living the dream. You really are living the dream. So, so good luck to them. And, and hopefully they, they cause a few more surprises in the tournament because the game, the game needs it and it needs more heroes and it needs more competition and rivalries. And when a young nation like that comes up and does the hard work and starts getting the rewards, it's, it's encouraging. It was certainly brilliant to, to watch today. It was the fourth highest victory by runs uh, by an associate nation against uh, one of the one of the elite teams. Um, and um, yeah, um, I think they'll have a lot more followers now. I mean, I think they picked up a lot of friends and followers twelve months ago um, in the last uh, T20 World Cup, and they'll do even more of that. We'll be talking more about Namibia and about associate nation cricket um, in our next podcast. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe or wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us a welcome boost. Um, you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. <laughs> cricket every day, your way.